anybody persuade you that we don't live in the best time possible the best time in history to live i mean this i i don't know if i've ever had as much fun coming up with a title for an episode as we did with this one talmudic tunnelers miami mall monsters and walmart zoomers it, it reminds just, me of like uh did you ever read like American Chillers or Michigan Chillers by Jonathan Rand as a kid? No. No? Oh, they're no. like they're like horror novels for kids, basically. Elementary, early middle school kind of age. Mm-hmm. And they all had names like <clears throat> like uh uh ghastly gargoyles of fucking Gaylord. You know, or they would, <laughs> the invisible iguanas of Illinois, they all have these crazy names with alliteration. were alliterations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, this is, this is such a great time. This is, they're, they're just, the content writes itself. If you're, if you wanted to start doing like a podcast or a show or a blog or creating any sort of content, cause there isn't enough of that on the internet. If you wanted to start doing that, I mean, you couldn't ask for all you have to do is like just look at whatever the trending stories are of the day and i guarantee you at least one of them is going to be like a title that if you showed it to someone even 10 years ago they would be like what what sort of freakish planet do you live on the way that the the world has changed is just and is changing is just absolutely fantastic um I mean, that doesn't mean that there's not bad stuff going on. There's plenty of bad things that are happening, but there's always been plenty of bad things happening. There's always been a downside to everything. You can focus on the downside and decide to be miserable, or you can embrace the fact that we live in a world where anything is possible. Literally anything is possible, including (laughs) people in New York randomly stumbling upon Jews climbing out of tunnels in the ground. It just, the premise itself just beggars belief it's too good it's too good i i don't i don't know what to do with myself welcome to kingfield everybody uh Hello. this is this is matt that is cooper he's all green as he should be um he's our our 
I was going to call him a jolly green giant, but he's not particularly jolly and he's not particularly giant. So um, maybe we call no. him our, our, I don't know, grumpy green, uh, I don't know. Midget. Midget. doesn't start with a G, but there's a G in it. That'll work. Uh, Gremlin. If you're watching us, uh, we're grumpy streaming green on... Grumpy green goblin. Gremlin. 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 There we yeah, go. Yeah. Gremlin. Yeah. Grumpy green gremlin. There we are. Perfect. Cooper is now our grumpy green gremlin. That's good. That's uh, fine. We are streaming right now on YouTube and on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, if you want to watch us on Facebook, you can just look up King Pilled and like the page. I don't know how to use Facebook anymore. I don't. I don't. I just have it there because I know there's people there. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me at Real King Pilled, and you can watch our streams there. Um, or you can watch us on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, then please like and uh, subscribe to our channel. We would like to get more subscribers. Uh, if you're on Facebook, I guess like the channel or like the page, and then if you're on Twitter, then hit retweet on the on the tweet right now. See if you can get it in front of some more people. Uh, retweet. You know how like, when you reply, go to the supermarket, you know how when you go to the supermarket, they have like out in the parking lot, they have like uh, like on the the uh, the light poles, they'll have like the letter A on this one for like section A, section B, so that people who forget where I don't know who get lost easily can remember where they park. <laughs> I always park in G. Do you know why? Because you're a grumpy green gremlin? No, because I'm a gangster. Oh, oh I thought you were going to say because you're gay. Because <laughs> I'm a gangster. <laughs> I guess I'll I'm not gay. Apply. Not gay. <laughs> Please don't write that I said I was gay. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not gay. So don't <laughs> don't even think about it. Don't try writing that I'm gay because I'm not. And I didn't say I was. <laughs> No one said I am. Nobody said I'm gay. Nobody believes this. No one believes that's fake news. I'm not it's gay. It's an urban myth. Yeah, not a homosexual. Like Jews having secret tunnels. It's just an urban myth. It's not actually reality. Right. right. <laughs> Shout out Zach Putnam. Uh, he just became a, a YouTube channel member, which you can do yourself if you would like to for as little as five bucks a month. I think it's actually only five bucks a month. Um, but he tagged on to that with a. Uh, uh, a $10 super chat. Thank you, sir. He said, from the Putnams for the cause. And I see Elise Putnam says, yeah, what he said. So I don't know if she was agreeing with what Zach Putnam said or if she was agreeing that you're gay. Um, but we'll we'll just assume that it works for both. Xavier no, that is she's agreeing that, that I'm not gay. No, ban Xavier. So. I'm going to ban him. I'm going to boot him. <laughs> don't read anything he has to say. The funny thing is Xavier is a mod on the channel, so I don't think you can't ban him. <laughs> well, so am I. <laughs> mod war <laughs> just put him in a timeout for one minute will it actually let you do that it, it, yeah it just says oh it Xavier's did been timed out <laughs> message it says message deleted by cooper for on all of his messages <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so that's what that does take that x, x man now we have x man and g man i i don't i don't uh uh, don't give me one. I don't want one. Elise says, I was agreeing with my husband for the cause. <laughs> poor Cooper. <laughs> no, don't feel sorry for Cooper. Yeah, don't Cooper's have pity poor, on me. but don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if you guys, uh, I, I, if you guys, I guess, maybe have, have been living in a tunnel for the last uh, couple of days, you may not know that there are Jews crawling out of tunnels in New York, but there are and Jews probably crawling elsewhere. out of tunnels in New York. Right, yeah. And and I can't even I, I if YouTube wants to ban me for saying things like Jews have secret tunnels in New York, you 
I, I'm literally just reporting the facts. I'm literally just stating what happened that everybody is talking about. We're the I, news now. Something that would have like a year ago would have gotten you banned from at, like every social media platform, except for the ones that don't matter. Like, I don't know, rumble <laughs> and odyssey and, and like anything that would have gotten you banned from all of those platforms is now just common everyday news. We're, we're posting videos and looking at Jews literally scrambling up out of holes in the ground and scurrying away. I, it's just, we could not have, have, have uh, been blessed to live in a better time. So for those of you who haven't seen just the single best video that I've ever seen in my life, when I logged onto Twitter and I saw this, I, I was beside myself. So as you can see, when I was looking for this video, I searched on Twitter, Jew Tunnel, which just, I, I, I just can't get over <laughs> the fact that this is a real thing. This is the video, watch this. He's climbing up out of the ground, out of a sewer grate. And he's scurrying, look at him scurry. Sewer juice. <laughs> which one which of the how do you say this which of the jews in the sewer is more jewer <laughs> oh man it's incredible oh good xavier's back um one of the best tweets that i saw about this i'm sorry i, I didn't know it would delete all your messages xavier i've never done that before but thanks for you can do it to me now if you want put me in timeout <laughs> <laughs> oh no then i guess if he's going to put you in timeout, then i have to i have to to clear you off the screen here just to make things equitable oh. uh silver pie what's up man uh jungle says they tunnel scurry and live in nests in the wall so two two of the best tweets that i've seen on this subject one of them i can't i don't think i don't, I don't think i can actually actually maybe let me see if i can do this uh share uh window okay here you go i think this should work so I, I had sent this link to somebody and then the guy got so much traction and probably so much hate for this tweet that he, uh, he, he, he made his account uh, private. And, but I was able to still open it and view it. So this way I can give credit to the right person. This is at Lifter Friend. He said, walking down Brooklyn Street at 9 a.m., sleep deprived and tipsy. See cartoonishly Jewish man crawl out of the <laughs> sidewalk. He scurries away into the night. Literally who would believe you if cell phones didn't exist? Like, imagine that. Literally, I don't know, 20 years ago, if something like this had happened, you could have reported it as actual fact. You're literally just passing on something that you saw, and you would have been tarred and feathered and had your career completely ruined. You would have been just utterly destroyed. You're like, dude, I was walking down the sidewalk, and a Jew climbed out of the sidewalk in front of me and scurried away. And people would be like, oh, conspiracy theorist. Yeah, they'd be gasping. Yeah. Denier, it, it would be, and now we we can see videos of it and had just have it shared across the internet and have it dominate the internet conversation for for days. Everybody tweeting it, talking about it, discussing the implications, sharing the news around. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. Another one. I just remembered another one. I didn't even. Uh, this isn't the, the second best tweet that I saw on it, but I'll, I'll tell you about the second best tweet as soon as I share this one. Brody says, I think they work for Bowser. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, the, the, the AI videos that they made 
uh, or not videos, but but uh, uh, pictures that they made of the the teenage mutant ninja Jews. They were yeah. like like teenage mutant ninja turtles with the 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 curly locks and the hats. Oh man! So this guy here, a uh, uh, fantastic mutual of mine. I haven't the foggiest idea how to pronounce this word. C e a d d a. I think it's Welsh. Um, so I'm gonna say uh, uh, I don't even know. Kada, Cita of Mercia. Um, he so there's this video of from the incident. So uh, Colin Rugg says, just in chaos breaks out in New York City after underground tunnels were discovered under the Chabad Lupovich World Headquarters in Brooklyn. The incident below reportedly took place to prevent a cement truck from filling the tunnels. Huh. So we discovered that there's a whole bunch of secret underground tunnels associated with the Chabad Lupovich World Headquarters in Brooklyn. And there's no, like, <laughs> investigate. There's no find out what happened. It's just, nope, fill it up with cement. Back the truck up. Seal that motherfucker up as fast as you can. Shut it down. Shut it down. This, this cannot see the light of day. We need to hide everything. According to the Crown Heights info, the tunnels were made. This is important. The tunnels were made in the past six months in an effort to expand 770. Other reports suggest the tunnels were dug by yeshiva men during COVID after they were locked out of 770. The tunnel reportedly stretched from the mikvah building to the women's portion of 770. The tunnel was discovered after someone, get this, started hearing people in his home. Some dude living in Brooklyn is just hanging out and chilling, and he hears people talk. He, he hears Yiddish in his walls. He's just sitting there <laughs> hanging out, watching TV, and he hears Yiddish in his walls. Imagine the state of this poor man. This dude has to sit here and grapple with the fact that there's someone in his walls. And if he tries to report it and tries to describe what he's hearing, he is literally going to be locked up in an institution. He's going to be drugged out of his mind. He's going to be chemically lobotomized if he actually reports what he's experiencing. But he musters up the balls and actually goes and reports it. And they, they look into it and discover there's freaking Jews tunneling underneath his house. How incredible is this story? <laughs> oh, my good. Oh, my God. <laughs> the, the Khazar's under the stairs, Brody says. <laughs> oh, man. So this video here of when it was happening, when they, they, they're discovering the tunnels. Now watch these guys out here, all freaking out. This video started over, here we go. All these guys are having a cow. Interestingly, something to note is these people pass themselves off as white. They call themselves white. When was the last time you saw white people actually gathered in a crew like this, really fighting and advocating for their interests on something? Very rarely happens. You don't see it very often. You see this much more in other in in other cultures. You don't really see white people in America that organize and start as as our friend here says. <laughs> he says, "Okay, I've been poking fun at this story because every single post in my feed was about it, but I hadn't actually watched any footage yet. Their style of chimping out is absolutely hilarious, so I think I get it now." <laughs> and <laughs> when I saw that, I actually had to go watch the whole video to see them. <laughs> A bunch of just chimping out. <laughs> oh, no. 
Okay, so I've seen a clip at the very beginning before the wall was torn down where there was one of those guys had a uh, like a hammer or something, something that it was clear he was not really used to using. And he was <laughs> a crowbar or something. And he's like pulling the paneling off. Why was he doing that? Did the police tell him to do that? Presumably. Yeah, I think I don't I don't I'm not completely clear on all the specific details yeah. of the story, because increasingly the actual details on a story just don't matter. We're going to get into that a little bit in the next story we talk about. The actual details, the actual facts on the ground don't matter. The story about the facts on the ground is what matters. What do you uh what do you think's going on here? Oh, well, there's so one thing in particular that I just came across just before we went live is this tweet here of um I'd seen this, I'd heard talk about this, I hadn't actually seen it yet, but one of the things they pulled out of those tunnels was a small mattress with very obvious blood stains on it. And those blood stains would line up with basically either uh, somewhere around somebody's head or somewhere around the lower part of their body, depending on which direction they're on. It get, that, gets, that gets a little morbid, thinking about the, the implications of something like that. Apparently, there was also a, a kid's stroller in there somewhere. Are we getting, uh, are we getting libelous? Uh, you know, we're just, we're just reporting the things that we've heard about it. We're just here. We're reporting the news here yep. on the Real King Build Show. That's right. You know, we're, I was listening to passive. Uh, we're just passive vessels. It was a uh, Buck didn't was like being interviewed by someone on a show last night or the night before or something. In any case, I, I'm not familiar with the show and I forgot what it was called. Sorry, man. But Buck had mentioned how. He was talking about kind of how he got into orthodoxy and he's like, you know, I was talking to my friend Cyprian over on the Royal Path and then my friend Matt Erickson over on the Real Kingfield show. So I guess we got to rebrand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Real Kingfield show. A lot of people call it that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the Talmudic tunnelers. The. The first. OK, so I was looking last night like, OK what makes this make sense what's a good explanation and uh the 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 let's see there's two explanations that i saw pop up one being that oh they dug those tunnels so they could worship in secret during covid in fact you conservatives should really admire them because you were all cucked and didn't do that you're look how brave they are um and the fact that i saw that pop up and then all the npcs run with that i knew that had to be bullshit and it turns out yeah that it was bullshit and then the second thing is that they were like trying to expand the building or something uh-huh <laughs> what like, <laughs> this is a new like real estate law apparently that if you want more real estate just tunnel underneath your neighbors <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you tunnel under it, you own their building now, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> Kick them out. Yeah. Like, like, real estate law includes like the property is defined as like above you. Like, someone can't just come in and build something above you, but apparently, someone can just come tunnel underneath you, <laughs> and it's completely legitimate. <laughs> yeah. See, Xavier, the first one does make more sense than the second option. However, the tunnels are like six months old. 
Right. One thing, so that, so that rules we were that talking one out. about this. So I'm the, just assuming the worst. When we were talking about this in the the King Pilled voice chat last night, one of our uh, one of our good buddies pointed out that <laughs> Aaron K says wouldn't be the first time the small hats tried to get around building codes. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the guys pointed out yesterday that when everything kicked off on October seventh in the uh, the um, uh, Israel Hamas thing. When all of that kicked off, apparently the U.S. immediately waived all of like visa restrictions on American citizens or on, on Israeli citizens coming into America. So essentially any Israeli citizen can just just come right over to America. No problem whatsoever. It's interesting then that something like this happened. They're saying it happened six months ago. This is the is the, the Israel Hamas thing was three months ago. Is this them um, beginning to relocate their operations, so to speak? Is this them using a uh, 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 they're taking advantage of the of the visa restrictions being waived and importing their their network? If I can kind of speak around this a little bit. Okay, Trey makes an interesting point. I've seen this one as well, and this one I will say maybe is plausible. That some people said that they can't let the men see the women and this was mm. a plot by the men to dig a tunnel to see the naked women of the congregation or whatever like okay that one does kind of make sense to me that because it was mm -hmm. buried under or it was dug underneath like the women's section or whatever maybe they yeah maybe it's just like horny dudes maybe <laughs> mm. landlord spawn point <laughs> Uh, so that's where they come from. We just need to camp out at the landlord spawn point. <laughs> we're we're going to start spawn camping the landlords. <laughs> yeah, there's going to, well, see, I saw a video where, from today, where somebody was like welding that great shot from where that guy crawled out of. Uh-huh. So now they're going to start spawning underneath, and they're just going to get backed up, and then everybody's going to start lagging because the frame rate's going to drop because there's too many mobs underneath, <laughs> underneath the street. <laughs> So we're going to start seeing glitches, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And now we'll know why. Mm -hmm. Which, this whole event was foreshadowed by a very strange glitch down in Florida that we'll talk about in a bit. Yes, yes. Um, uh, shout out Spartan up north. He uh, He's $10, $10 Canadian super chat. So we're only we're only partially grateful for it. Yeah, you know, we don't, money. exchange rate, we're kind of, kind of losing out here. But it says, uh, the Keeper's FBI documents show that underground tunnels aren't for anything good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, so like that, that premise, the idea it's this is basically for, for like the peeping Toms. I think that that's, that regardless of what the actual purpose was, that would at least be a, uh, one of the things it was used for, I'm sure. Uh, once it existed there and maybe that it might've been part of the pretext for creating it in the first place. Uh, I also saw that there are, um, Apparently, in the immediate proximity to one of the buildings of um, whether the main building or the, the women's quarters or whatever that said the tunnel went to uh, is a like a kids museum, which is very creepy. It just mm. I, I, I mean, underground tunnels and like the guys coming up out of the underground tunnel and he like very clearly does not want to be seen, does not like he doesn't want to talk to anybody. He wants to GTFO real quick. Um 
One of the other th interesting things, there was a video. Now, I didn't watch this video, so this is me just purely speculating and passing on something that I heard that is, <laughs> is interesting. Um, the when the the cop was talking, there was a video of the of, of the cop standing there talking to one of the guys, and he said he said he asked the guy like, "What are you Russian or something? Like we don't do this sort of thing here." And uh, the person I was talking to about this pointed out that it was it was that was that's interesting. Like I don't know exactly what the context was, but you've got a Brooklyn cop who presumably has had a lot of conversations with, with these particular sort and is very aware of their accents and their speech patterns and their customs and all that sort of thing. And he doesn't recognize where this guy's from. He doesn't understand him. He doesn't recognize where he's from. So it could just be, you know, a guy with a weird speech impediment or, you know, like, or maybe the guy is relatively new to the U S and doesn't speak uh, normal Brooklyn Jew English. Maybe he has a, um, you know, he's, he's, he's relatively new to the U S this kind of goes with the visa restrictions being waived and that, that whole thing. Um, so <laughs> that, I don't think there was really anything else. Let me check here. Some of the other, uh, uh, nope, that's not it. That's not it. Okay. I, yeah. I don't think I really had anything else particularly on this story. Apart from just, I mean, over the past couple of years, every, the fact that, everything is being revealed. The fact that they're trying to fill the whole thing with cement is really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, if I had dug some tunnels, I'd be kind of pissed off if you tried to fill it up with cement. But I'm not doing nefarious things in the tunnels. I'm just having a man cave. Uh-huh. You know? I just have cool tunnels. Mm-hmm. There's this is actually kind of a bit of a segue into the next subject. There's a number of different posts that I've seen now from just random Twitter accounts or people uh, screenshotting text conversations or uh, uh, posts on 4chan or whatever talking about like one of them I saw was a was a homeless guy who said within the homeless population, it's very like this whole thing is like everybody knows about it because they actually they'll go and try to like use the tunnels to sleep in. And he said that. Uh, a couple of times he had, like, he was trying to, to like take shelter in some of these tunnels and a, uh, uh, a guy with the, with the curly sideburns came running up to him or like encountered him and saw him. And within 10 minutes, cops showed up and cleared him out. And, uh, and then he also said he had a, there was one place in a park where he saw like some rocks that, um, it turned out was actually like a switch that, that opened up a secret door or something like that. And, uh, a buddy of his, he was supposed to meet up with him and the buddy was there and then just disappeared and he never saw him again, never never heard from him, never encountered him. Um, and he went back and there was different rocks there than there had been before. Uh, all of this stuff, like, I have it's no... 4chan, it's 4chan. It's, so, it's literally know. impossible to confirm or deny. It right. could just as easily be true as false. Having, like, a really strong opinion one way or the other is is honestly kind of silly. But these... The thing is, that sort of story isn't just made up whole cloth. It doesn't. It doesn't just just appear. People even have the idea to make up stories like that because of that sort of reality existing. That's what. That's what. Even if you were just making it up, you would be making it up as an adapted version of an actual real thing. Uh, so that kind of ties into the the next story here that uh, we were going to talk about. So we, we, we covered the Talmudic tunnelers. Now we're going to talk about the, uh, the Miami mall monsters. 
so this was something that happened, I think it was Friday or Saturday. Um, I was just kind of busy doing something. I laid down in bed and opened my phone up and saw people talking. I saw Nephilim was trending and I was like, oh boy, what happened? Uh, so I went and looked and saw a whole bunch of people talking about the, uh, the, this thing going on in the, with, at the Miami mall, I saw like videos of cop cars there and everything. So I'm figuring, Oh, whatever, you know, like a mass shooting or something, you know, just what some other, some other event. Uh, but then it was, it was interesting. There's something about the way it was being talked. Like once I have two different Twitter accounts, one is for all of my sports fandom life. And they're the vast majority of people that I follow are all generic mainstream libs. Then I have, Real King Pilled, which is basically the furthest thing from generic mainstream libs. So I get a really clear perspective on both worlds and on the generic mainstream lib circle in the generic mainstream lib circles, nobody was talking about it. It wasn't even on anyone's radar. On the other side, everybody was talking about it. So this was a story that immediately I'm like, okay, there's something weird about this. The only time that you get something like this where one side of the world is just not even talking about it at all and the other side is obsessively talking about it is when it's one of these big sort of conspiratorial sort of things that, essent that essentially the normie mainstream perspective is just going to dismiss out of hand. They're going to just instantly absorb whatever the whatever the, the official story is for it and repeat yep. it and mock you for thinking it's anything else otherwise. A group of, a group of youths got into a fight or stole some things or riot or yeah that's i believe that's the uh the official story yeah so the official story is that it was it was a let's say a gang of urban youths so to speak <laughs> who were ransacking the mall and attacking people with sticks and then it was later reported fireworks <laughs> so first of all i was like hmm interesting Typically, these sorts, I mean, if you've been on Twitter for any length of time, all you have to do is scroll your feed for, I don't know, 20 seconds, and you're going to come across videos of urban youths in gigantic crowds in a mall curb stomping someone. This happens all the time, all over the place. <laughs> it's never newsworthy. Now, if 29%. there's 50 of them, yeah, that's right, 29%. Now, if there was 50 of them who are all in one place at one time, oh, Okay, maybe I could I could see that becoming a newsworthy event, but it would not be reported the way that it was. They would do everything they possibly could to not report it as a gang of fifty black kids beating people with sticks. So the fact yeah that they that wouldn't the lead they wouldn't story, lead with that yeah right. So the fact that that's an official story, I'm like okay. So the truth is much worse than that. <laughs> they're willing to say they're they're willing to 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 commit blasphemy against their their civic religion. So the truth must be, I don't know what the truth is, but it must be something much worse than, than that. Then I start kind of looking around, trying to see videos, trying to gather what people are saying, seeing what the trending topics are, and sort of going through the, with, I've been through so many of these things dating all the way back to you know, like Trayvon Martin, basically, that I'm, I'm very familiar with the way that the, the news cycle will function, how the story will come out, and, it, and it, it, it's it's become pretty easy to kind of suss out pretty quickly what's complete bullshit and what actually has some merit to it. Zach says that's a lot of cruisers for a couple future astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Um, so I see Nephilim is trending. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be good then. This is, we, we, we've got the good stuff. Um, <laughs> the so... giant of Kandar and his Miami Vice arc. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some good memes. So I come across this video. And once I started watching this video, I was, I've never seen something so fascinating. I, I tweeted out at the time, like I could talk for an hour uninterrupted entirely just on this subject and all the different layers of, of intrigue to it. Um, so now we'll, uh, we'll do a little bit of that. Uh, I think it's this one. Yes. So this is the video that I see that really has Nephilim trending. This is the thing that has, uh, that a lot of people are sharing and it basically her video essentially covered all the main points that I ended up uh, discovering elsewhere as the story kind of kind of evolved. Uh, interesting and, that that story went away very quickly. Yeah, uh, Aaron makes a good point that uh, that was that was another thing I noticed is that it was just police only. You would think if there was like you know a group of of people rioting and you know whacking people with sticks and fireworks and stuff, there would be like ambulances and shit. Mm. And there wasn't, oh, there was just like 300 cop cars. Yes. So there's, so she, she has some video clips in this and there's multiple things that I want to look at with this. I haven't One watched this the, yet. So we're getting my reaction yeah. in real time. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is she's, she is a, like, she is a lady who traffics in conspiracy theories on TikTok. She's like the, the absolute stereotype of a 50 year old, uh, uh, single white lady with cats who is a diehard Trump fan, uh, deep into Q. Like, you can tell the stereotype immediately. Um, yep. But what's interesting here, so there's the, the actual substance of the story itself, and then there's her and her delivery of the story, and then and then on top of that, there's a, there's a larger dynamic. So we're going to try to get through all of this without it, because there's some more stuff we want to talk about after this. We're going to try to have this not take up the next hour. So... Um, Apologies to those of you who happen to listen to this on like extra fast speed, so we can get through this as quickly as possible. I'm going to speed it up to one and a half, and uh, if, so if you're already listening on one and a half or two x, you might not be able to understand, or you might have to slow it down for a little bit. Apologies, uh, that's just how it has to be. Uh, oh, and one other thing that reminds me, uh, someone reached out to me on Twitter and pointed out that on at the Apple Podcatcher. Apparently, the episodes are showing up as if they're available to listen, but when you hit play, they don't play at all. And I went and confirmed that for myself. I haven't been able to get the thumbnail to update on Apple Podcasts, no matter how many times I've tried. So I'm just going to be pulling it from Apple Podcasts altogether and then setting it up again and seeing if reestablishing the connection makes it work. So for those of you who have tried to watch on Apple Podcasts and or tried to listen and it hasn't worked, apologies. Just realize that that's not working. So let's get into this here. I honestly cannot believe the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Oh, silly me, before we get started, guys, Tiki Talk, this is purely for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> We're just goofing around. All things stated here are purely speculation. Just having fun. You are going to want to see this because there's a very good chance at least. Okay, so obviously she gives this disclaimer at the beginning. He says, ah, oh, TikTok, haha, this is all just, we're just having fun and games. It's like the, the necessary disclaimer. So I'm like, okay, so is this an actual disclaimer or is this an elaborate performance thing she's doing where she's giving the disclaimer like ironically, um, or is this a a real thing? And she's like giving the disclaimer as a cover, and then she really believes the thing she's going to get into. It, it turns out it, it most likely is the latter, but um, those the uh, those the potential reality of those other options I think is interesting. 
So at least for the next few days, you will not see this anywhere else but right here. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm not sure what part of this story bugs me most. The fact that we actually now live in a world where something like this could happen, the fact that we actually live in a world where something like this could happen, but at this point, none of us will even be shocked. Or the fact that something like this could happen in our world, and not a single news media has broke this story, not at all. In fact, if you Google search it, it is quite a difficult find, which is all that much more suspicious with a story of this kind of size, this magnitude. And yet, here we are. Hang on to your britches. It's going to get real. A couple of days in Miami, Florida, at a mall, the local... So... When I'm watching that, when I'm watching her say that, like every bone in my body is screaming, don't take this person seriously. Like you can just like, she, she is the perfect stereotype of the completely whacked out, like conspiracy riddled wine ant. Yep. 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 <clears throat> I know a few of those. Yes. Yeah, so do I. Yet you also can't argue with anything she said. What she said is, is actually, it's kind of insightful. It's kind of interesting. And, and the way she's delivering this is fascinating to me because she's very clearly playing a character. She's gone into character. She's a she's like an actress delivering prepared lines. And that character I think is the you could do a, you could do like a college course on analyzing this type of character, the way that the the wine ant TikTok conspiracy lady uh who amasses a large following is that particular character is fascinating. Another one I've seen recently is I think she's called like the amazing Polly or something like that. She's one of these that like her whole life is just dedicated to studying and researching all of the, 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 um, I, I don't want to say the big buzzwords, the, the elite rings, so to speak of, uh, the, 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 the bad stuff that happens among the elites. <laughs> she's, she's, like the absolute archetype of these type of those types of people. Local police were dispatched to the mall for an argument, a fight that broke out between juveniles. Juveniles, they say, had sticks and fireworks. Oh my. But ultimately the call, what they claim was the call, the reason for the police officers to arrive at the scene was due to a fight that had broken out between juveniles who had sticks and fireworks. But Andy, why do you care if that's on the news? That isn't a big deal. No, my friend, no, no, it's not. It is definitely not that big of a deal. I agree with you. And it is definitely, definitely hands down, not a big enough deal for the local Miami police department to show up on the scene just like this. <laughs> Right? That seems like a lot of officers to show up, but my friends, that is not anywhere near all that came. And once you understand and you hear the eyewitnesses' stories, I believe you will at that point understand a little bit better as to why so many police officers, probably a hundred, along with choppers, black choppers from the PD, patrolling the scene from above. And according to witnesses, eyewitnesses there, the Miami police was not dispatched there for a juvenile fight. And the obvious need for such an enormous police presence was far more sinister than what we've been told. As more- That line, that line was delivered wonderfully. It was far more sinister than we've actually been told. She's like, She's playing a character that's like inspired by, I, I don't know, like, like uh, 90s true crime documentaries the, and the, the voiceovers that, that you would get from them. She's doing her adapted version as a... <laughs> yeah, you can tell Hampshire's, what she does with her free type. Yeah, yeah. She watches a lot of those. Uh, Joshua Ham says, those, those, those glasses are crazy white lady coded. Big time. Yeah, check out the, uh, the, the eyebrows as well. It's hard to tell where the shadow from her glasses ends and where the eyebrows begin. Uh, but in either case, like thinking about this lady, she's this story's been out for, I don't know, a couple hours. And she's completely done up. She has her whole setup. Look how much preparation has gone into recording this video. You can see in the reflection in her glasses, you can see the, uh, the, the ring lights that she's using to light her face. She has, either she's written lines for herself or she is so deeply immersed in this world that she's just spitting this off the cuff. All of these ideas right there. And she is just jamming through them 
as if it's a prepared script. In either case, I think it's pretty impressive. She's she cranks out a nine minute video within a couple hours of the story breaking. So this lady's on top of it. You could tell she this is like this is all she does. This is her entire hobby, and she has perfected it down to an art. <laughs> Stephen David said it's conspiracy. Kathy Griffin, <laughs> as multiple witnesses claimed to have seen, I can't believe I'm going to say this, creatures that stood eight to ten feet tall walking outside and even inside of the mall. And the pew-pews that were reported, and even the pew-pews you might hear in some of the videos, had nothing to do with the juvenile fight. According to these witnesses, it was actually the mall-goers shooting to protect themselves from these 8 to 10-foot tall creatures in self-defense. I like it when it says black helicopters are now also on the scene. And, uh, and she mentioned that as well. She said police helicopters, and then she made sure she stopped and clarified black helicopters. Cooper, they didn't just send the helicopters. They sent the black helicopters. That's how you know it's really serious. That's how you know this is some conspiracy stuff. Oops. Wrong one. <laughs> Fucked it up. Wait a second. Where, oh, there it is. But wait, it gets better. Along with the ridiculously high number of police officers that arrived on the scene and the helicopter flying above, <laughs> apparently after this incident was phoned into the police, the Black PD helicopters were the only things flying that night in the Miami sky as the Miami airport was shut down. Still no flights going or coming at Miami International. So I have tried to go out and like verify this. I'm I'm way too retarded to like go find an actual flight tracker and figure out how to like go back. And I'm just looking for people talking about it. I don't really care whether the flights were actually grounded or not. What I care about is that there was definitely a trending narrative that the flights were all grounded and the only thing that was flying around was that police helicopter. It comes from an account, NOLA Nurse RN, with uh, a uh, American flag next to it. So you can just look at this picture. I don't know if this if this is the actual person who runs this account. Like this this account is, it's the same type of person as this lady. This is like the Twitter version of this lady. Uh, who is it? Uh, Stephen David says schizoautistic esoteric dumping. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Zach Putnam said there was a crazy alumni lady at the Ivy I used to work for who was over the moon for Bundy. Same energy. Yeah, these are the, these are the ladies who, like, binge true crime podcasts. They develop uh, infatuations with, with uh, guys on death row and <laughs> go marry them and uh, try to have their babies. Like, these, these, these ladies are, are completely kooky. However, I think they do serve a purpose. I think they have their use. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit, in a little bit but let's get through a little bit more of the story. Only one PD helicopter patrolling the area. The absolute lack of this story anywhere is absolutely driving me mad. On my Google search, I found nothing. I found crickets. Uh, ironic. Even my ex. Oh, not my ex. Even ex. Let me down. Oh, my oh she has an ex. You know, that, <laughs> I don't... I don't know that. The, I mean, she's she's stitching all these things together, so she could have very easily just recorded that again. She's deliberately including that because this is part of her identity. She's single, so she and she's married to her. She's married to her work. Well, my ex let me down too, but that's also another story. As when I searched on X, this is what I found: no results for people shooting at Miami Mall. If you've ever used Twitter search, 
if you search, it doesn't work like Google search. You can't just say people shooting at Miami mall, eight to nine foot tall creatures, because the only thing that you're going to get is, is tweets that literally contain every single one of these words that like, that's the only, that's how Twitter search works. So she's like going, I don't know if she knows this and she just doesn't. And like, she's just going to, she's using this to kind of build her performance or if she just doesn't know better, she's kind of a boomer. And she thinks that Twitter search is just like Google search, where if you searched people shooting at Miami mall, eight to nine foot tall creatures, it will return you all the related results. This is just, it's not how this works, but no matter the performance continues. All eight to nine feet tall creatures. Okay, valid. Let's remove the obvious. Do another search without the eight to nine foot tall creatures. Well, now that's suspicious. Still no result. Miami mall shooting January, 2024. Again, this is not a Google search. How many people are going to tweet Miami? The, they're going to tweet something that contains the exact words, Miami mall shooting January spelled out and 2024. Nobody's tweeting that. So she's trying to prove that there's nobody talking about it. And the whole point of this is that like, there's people talking about this. That's how you learned about it. You learned about it on Twitter. You learned about it on TikTok. So people are talking about it. You learned about it. So obviously if you did this search like this, it wouldn't return any of the people who are not mainstream media people talking about it. But again, the performance continues. No results for Miami mall shooting January 2024. Now that's very suspicious because no, judging by the size of the police presence, a helicopter, but wait, there's more. You would think even X would have one post about it, but nothing. Thank goodness for social media though, because where would we be? In you would think X would have one post about it. It doesn't, but thank goodness for social media though. Where would we be with that? What? Situations like this when the media chooses not to report if we didn't have incredible people going to social media to post details about it themselves. Can someone confirm they've cut the police? Oh, so she's so she's reading tweets about it after saying that there's not a single post about it on X. Now she's reading Zeets or whatever, whatever the, the weirdos are calling it. I it just I, I don't know if this is to take this as this is like a genuine oversight. This is, you know, a, like boomer wine ant who just doesn't know how this stuff works, but she really has figured everything out. She's got all the answers for you. Or if she's doing a performance and she like, she's a, a, a grifter, essentially, she's playing a character to get a big following. And she's, you know, it's like intentionally dishonest. She's like, I don't care. She just, she's building her narrative. I don't know. I don't think it matters. Police scanner. Check flight tracker. Doesn't look like any flights leaving or coming into MIA. You can see the helicopter doing loops. Yes, they cut the scanners. Multiple people claim they saw eight to 10 foot tall aliens or very tall zombies and it caused shoppers panic. There are now black helicopters flying and everything is blocked off. Power has. Okay. Black, we why does it keep saying black helicopters? Why is everyone saying that? Because that's part of the, this is like the seeding the meme, seeding the thing and getting it going, getting you thinking about it, getting you repeating the talking points. What's fascinating okay. to me with this is. I don't know whether this is actually a coordinated operation, intelligence community or otherwise, to actually seed this story in this way, because they're using all the same techniques. They're using the techniques that the media uses to seed these, like the repetition of the term, the 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 super scary loaded term that is kind of well, like yeah, they they have a, a black helicopter, like that. It's not like. You know, this is this is from like the 90s conspiracy theories about oh, black helicopters. It's kind of it's a term that's been seeded in there. 
I don't know if this is an intentional op to spread this story this way, or if this is people LARPing and doing this for fun, like a 4chan kind of coordinated, we're going to, we're going to, you know, like they did with the okay symbol or whatever, like d intentionally um, creating a narrative. Or if it's people who are like completely sincere and they're modeling the same verbiage and the same approach that they've imbibed for their entire life from all the mainstream outlets. Stephen David says, you mean the beige helicopters were busy? Right. Yeah. <laughs> the black ones. It's... Uh, Brody says, I honestly think she takes herself seriously and is modeling it. I think so, too. That's that's my takeaway from it. Um, but the most, well, let, let's get through more of it, and then we'll uh, uh, we'll talk, we'll, we'll expand the conversation a little. Power has also been cut in a few blocks and at the mall. So you're going to tell me that the police literally cut the public's access to the police scanners, all because some juveniles are fighting with sticks? Okay. And they're going to cut the power, not only to surrounding areas, but also the power to the mall itself. So much so that 61,290 homes are without power at that time. On Reddit, we found anyone following what happened in Miami last night, apparently mass citing. A citing Reddit as a source here. This is literally just someone repeating what they've heard elsewhere. They're not, this, is like, isn't, this isn't a source. This is someone literally saying, any idea what's going on here? There's people who are talking about this. <laughs> so I don't... When she says... What's this previous one here? Uh, 61,290 homes without power. Number one, so 10% of the population, 10% of the area, like, I don't know, is that that specific area? How many homes are normally says, without does power? Does it say 10 or does it say 30? It's kind of fuzzy. I guess it might say 30. Back it up a little. Power to the mall itself. So much so that 61,200. Oh, yeah, it might say 30. So if it says 30, then that's uh, that seems, let's see, 61,000 homes would be 30%. Uh, 180,000 homes in Miami, I would think. Probably there'd be more than that. Maybe, but maybe just because it's like this particular district or I, you know, I don't know. Um, but I don't like, there's no context provided here. I don't know what to do with this. Is this, how many homes are normally without power? It, what's the, is there a date for this? What, what date was this? You know, there's just, there's just I don't know. What Wait, to, Matt, what are you I doing? What to do with it? Are you just what? like. Are you picking this apart to say that it's bullshit or are you, are you bought in? Cause I'm ready to believe that there is eight to 10 foot tall alien shadow monsters and that there is black helicopters looking for them. My answer to that is yes. Okay. 290 homes are without power at that time. On Reddit, we found anyone following what happened yeah, exactly. last night. Apparently mass sighting of seven to 10 two bit, Mr. Two bit Jason. Yes. Don't let, Don't facts let the get facts in the way of a good story. story. Yeah. Shut up, Matt. Well, Emmanuel says, poor alien just wanted to find a bathroom at the mall. That's funny. I don't know if she gets into it later in this here, but I know that uh, there's people who were talking about it, and they said there was these the aliens, the way they described them and stuff, said that they just looked lost. They were kind of like wandering around, sort of like, huh, huh. And they, they were completely indifferent to the people, which is a really funny visual. <laughs> just this like big, like gray thing with no joints that's like eight to 10 feet tall that's teleporting around. And it's just like, huh. I wonder where I am. Look at all those things yelling and shooting at me. Huh. Interesting. They just I don't know, it's like it's like uh like Harry and the Hendersons. You ever seen, yeah, you ever yeah, seen yeah. Bigfoot? Yeah, it's like Harry's just like, huh. <laughs> This is what the aliens are. 
halted police radio cutoff and helicopters patrolling. So are you really telling me that they're hoping, they're praying that we are all going to just believe this? Miami police, a large fight broke out involving several juveniles, some of whom may have been armed with some kind of sticks. <laughs> police are still continuing their investigation at this time. Okay. You know who else is doing their investigation at this time? Me and the rest of the world. You cannot be serious when you tell me you're going to cut the power. She's Thank investigating, guys. Thank and God we got her. The world. To the mall and multiple homes in Miami, shut down a whole A airport, no planes in and no planes out, have hundreds of police officers storming the mall, rushing to the scene, and Black PD helicopters scouring and patrolling the area from above. All simply because of a juvenile fight. Stop saying that. Armed with some kind of sticks. Uh, no, sir, I kindly reject this. I do not believe this at all. So, guys, I'm curious, what are your thoughts? Because to you, does this look like the type of police presence that would ever be warranted or required for a fight between juveniles with sticks? <sighs> Black helicopter. That's so annoying. Look how many freaking cop cars that is. Look at that. Look how freaking many of them there are. Of all of that. This is this is where I'm going along with this story, and I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, lady, this is I, now it's just I'm watching it for entertainment. And yeah, Tubit says if I wanted to fully discredit a story, she'd be my number one news influencer. Yeah, like exactly, exactly. Yes. So that like once I saw those things, and I was like, that sort of police, I do not buy that that many police are going to show up for a report of some juveniles at a mall with sticks. I mean, it just is, none of those things compute. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense at all to me that you're going to get a, that's a bigger police turnout than you get for like mass shootings. This is like the police turnout for like the Boston bombing. That doesn't, it doesn't compute to me at all that they would have that many cops there for something like that. Just showing up, like streaming down the highway in formation. I've never seen that many cops all gathered in one place before. That fanfare, that police presence was really over juveniles fighting with sticks. And I was a Miami citizen. I would be demanding my taxpayer dollar back. Something much larger, much bigger, far more giant and sinister happened there that night in Miami at that mall. This is where it gets like good. This is all stated. It wasn't kids with sticks. That looks way more like the response to a threat of eight to 10 feet tall creatures, whether aliens or zombies or Nephilim and mall goers having to respond by pew pewing to defend and to protect themselves. But that's just me. What do you think? Y'all, I'm here to tell you, God told us, that in the days when Jesus will come back, it will be just like the days of Noah. But I think a lot of people are misinterpreting that scripture or overlooking one massive detail, one big detail, a giant detail. When it comes to the days of Noah, sure, they were eating and drinking and marrying and sinning and fornication. Mm -hmm. But hasn't man been sinning that way, well, since the beginning of sin? The one thing that was different about the days of Noah, different from all of the regular days filled with sin of man, there were giants in those days. And according to the Bible, and there were giants after. There were giants even after the Genesis flood. So when the Bible tells us when Jesus returns, it will be just like the days of Noah. I think, my friends, that is a warning to all of us that when we are in the end of days, there will be giants. And perhaps that is exactly what they saw that night in the mall. The eight to ten foot creatures. Perhaps they, my friends, were the Nephilim. <laughs> okay. Isn't she fantastic? I'm... Uh, sign me up. I believe you. Yeah. Sounds good. Hell yeah. So this is, so you asked me like, what do like, 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 where am I going with this? Like, do I think it's all bullshit or do I think it's real? I think it doesn't matter. I think it, the bigger story to me with this is 
if a story like this was real, the only people who would be picking it up and talking about it are going to be these people. These mm-hmm. are the only ones who have the shamelessness, the, I don't know, lack of self-awareness or just they're so self-aware that they've completely like experienced ego death that they will produce a piece of content like this and put out Auntie Coulette is her name. These, if there was actually eight to 10 foot tall creatures. So, so okay, let's, let's lay this story out. Let's assume, just suspend disbelief and just assume the facts of the story as presented here. Did you see Buck's so, comment? What did he say? I stepped away and just came back, so forgive me if this has been addressed, but all police and fire reports that aren't medical related can be pulled by a FOIA request. Interesting. So you could actually verify some of these things. Anybody yeah. down there in Florida, get on it. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Do you have to be in Florida now? Maybe, um, maybe we could do it. Probably not. I wonder if we could. Um, there was one other... It reminded me that uh, where I found that video was in response to uh, another couple tweets, which ties into what I was going to say, which is, let's see. this. <laughs> Xavier makes a good point. Not a single shitty potato cell phone video has come out yet, so that means it's real. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we're going to get into that here in just a second. So this one here was the first uh, uh, tweet on this that I saw. Uh this this account, uh, two hundred fifty thousand followers, facts, conspiracy, yada yada yada. Uh, people, listen to me. We are in the crazy part of this operation. Do you all really want to know why all those what look to be hundreds of those police cars were in Miami? I have one former associate of mine's who called me, who I didn't hear from in ten years on a private number. Police scanners, witnesses, cameras, phone recordings. All of this is being confiscated. They are, as I type, scrubbing the web of all the people on social media trying to upload what they saw. You all will not believe this, but I will not lie about something of this nature. I will try to find a video first before I tell you, because they are busy making sure this does not get out. People heard everything on the scanners. It was wild. This is what I am trying to get my hands on so you can hear it for yourself. An urban scholar. Yes, yes. A future, <clears throat> future astronaut. So these... If something so so okay, facts the facts on the ground. Let's assume the facts on the ground are exactly as, as this lady has presented them. You have reports of eight to ten foot tall creatures, mall goers shooting at them. The story, the official story being released is that it's a bunch of juveniles with sticks. Uh, and then later it's oh, those weren't gunshots, they were fireworks. Um, and then you get this massive police turnout, the police scanner is shut down, uh, uh the Miami airport is shut down, a massive international hub is shut down. A bunch of houses are without power, and people are going around, and, and the, uh, the, they are scrubbing all the videos and, and scrubbing all the evidence of it in real time. Is that, is that actually technically possible that that could have happened? Yes. Theoretically, all of those things are conceivable. It's conceivable that every single one of those things could have played out exactly that way. Would it be possible... <laughs> for us to actually ascertain whether that was the case or not. If there was such a coordinated effort to shut the whole thing down, would it not be pretty simple to cover the tracks and just bog you down in FOIA requests and all this other stuff for the rest of your life trying to solve it? Yeah. Like all those things would be uh, an entity or a network of entities that could actually pull off something like that would easily be able to pull off covering their tracks and, and, 
and just making it basically impossible, reducing it to yet another in a long line of conspiracies, yada, yada, yada. So then, as soon as public sentiment turns against something this preposterous and unbelievable, the only people who are actually going to run with it and talk about it are going to be these types of people, the, the conspiracy people, the crazy wine aunt who is uh, pen pals with death row inmates and like her whole life revolves around like, I don't know, like parsing cue statements for looking for clues. Those are going to be the only people who actually talk about it. And there's something fascinating to that where the, the most improbable stories are by nature going to wind up being believed and acted upon by the least credible, reliable people, which leaves the rest of us sort of in a bind where, I mean, if there was eight to 10 foot tall, like shape-shifting, teleporting creatures wandering around a Miami mall, I would really like to know if that was the case. Maybe I wouldn't like to know. Maybe I'm just better in, in ignorance. I don't know. But if that was something that was actually happening, it'd be nice to know if that was true. But there's like literally no possible way for us to actually ascertain if that was true. This could just as easily be either a deliberate, intentional operation for a variety of reasons, a pretext for Project Bluebeam stuff or... Uh, you know, I, I could easily see six months from now when there's been the big alien reveal and they l look back and they say, oh, you remember that thing at the Miami Mall? Oh, that was the thing. It's all connected. You know, and people there's people who are going to spend the rest of their lives trying to figure this out. The actual facts on the ground don't matter because it's essentially impossible for us to actually determine what they are. So you have to now simultaneously live in a world where that could be true and that could be not true at the same time. Because there's no way for you to know otherwise. This kind of connects to the whole thing with like the flat earth versus globe earth, disc, whatever, you know. There's no way for me to ascertain that. There's no way that I could like conceivably within, you know, the next year or whatever, go like sail out and see if there's an ice wall and see if I can get beyond it or go up into the stratosphere and actually try to take a picture of the earth. Even though it's really bizarre that for, for whatever reason, you would think if we had the capacity to go somewhere where we could take a picture of the earth, like, I don't know, 60 years ago, you would think that like I could pull up a live stream of the entire earth visible to me at any given time. There should be trillions of photos of it just plastered all over the place. This is man's greatest accomplishment. But for whatever reason, like all you can get is blurry, out of focus, like cockeyed or weird or, or just plainly, obviously, even admittedly digitally altered. That, that, that's a side issue, though. What's fascinating to me about this story and also related to the previous story is we live in a time and just an, an absolutely phenomenal time where it's basically impossible to predict what's going to come next or to actually believe like the actual reality that we live in. And you might take that as a black pill. You could take that as a, a, you know, like a cause for existential worry and stress and anxiety, or you can take it as an opportunity. 
That means we have a greater capacity to, regardless of the facts on the ground, we have a greater capacity now to create and manufacture the reality that we want than we ever have before. You can use the tools of the internet, the tools of social media, you can organize and you can get a story like this trending, whether it's true or not. And everything is being revealed. All this stuff is coming out all the time. We've got Jews crawling around in tunnels, in secret tunnels. We've got a billionaire Harvard graduate on the war path against Harvard and MIT and all of academia threatening to basically gut them. There's, it's a tremendous time to be alive. So much is changing so fast, which is creating so many opportunities. We just have to be ready to take advantage of them when they show up. All right, let me catch up on some of these comments here. You guys have been flying. And then we'll get into our, uh, our third story of the day. Uh, random username says, lame conspiracy. There are so many cops because a new diversity hire accidentally sent everyone the call instead of the correct number. Teen stick story to cover up the competency crisis. Oh, that reminds me. So one of the things that makes me believe that the official story is bullshit, apart from the fact that the official story is virtually always bullshit, is people are saying, well, if there was actually like like aliens there, why haven't we seen videos of them? Why is, why is there no real videos? There's this one like helicopter footage of like this really blurry thing, but it looks like it's probably like some kind of like artifact in the, in the rendering of the film. And it's just like three cops walking kind of in a shadow. There's no video of, of these, these, these uh, gigantic creatures. You know what else there's no video of? There's no video of a few dozen uh, juveniles with sticks and fireworks ransacking a mall. How believable is that? Not a single one of these, not a single one of that crowd is in there hooting and hollering and, and jumping on people and not filming it. It doesn't, that, that, that is even more improbable to me. There's, those videos would have been live streamed. That's, this is how these people function. Like we said before, these videos are all over the place every day. They happen all the time. That's how we know about it, because they get streamed. There's people who are videoing stuff all the time, all over the place. If you're at a mall, by default, almost everyone's going to have their phones out, and they're going to be taking pictures and videos, and like this is just the way people function there. And yet somehow there was... A, there was 50 or something juveniles with sticks and fireworks that justified a massive turnout of cops more than the average like mass shooting. And there's not a single video of it from inside. That, that I find completely unbelievable. Which makes the rest of the story a lot more believable. The idea of the power being out or uh, flights being grounded or, uh, you know, any of any of the other aspects of it. But in either case, if there were, like genuinely, if there were eight to 10 foot tall aliens showing up at a mall in Miami and teleporting around the mall and were impervious to people shooting at them, what are you going to do about it? Like, I would want to know just for my own awareness, 
just, oh, hey, okay, one of these days as I'm out walking around town, I might bump into an eight-foot-tall alien that is impervious to me shooting at him, who also apparently is indifferent to me. Okay. It's not like I'm going to be, like, prepared to do battle with the eight- to ten-foot-tall alien. I don't need to—this isn't, like, something I need to, to incorporate into my OPSEC. <laughs> so— the, the power of the story, though, I think is what really is, is the real story here. The way that, that these narratives can be crafted, the types of people who are naturally going to believe them, and the fact that, like, you want to take this lady and use this lady to discredit the story. But the reality is that if the story she's telling is true, she would be the only person telling that story. The people who perceive themselves as credible and want to maintain a reputation as credible wouldn't touch with a 10-foot stick. So, the time is going to well, come, whether now or later, where you're going to have to start believing some incredible people, or uncredible people, as the case may be. Because, again, if somebody told you that there were Jews crawling out of sewer grates in Brooklyn— and you didn't see actual video of it, would you actually believe that it was true? I mean, yeah, you might actually believe it was true for the sake of the memes, but you would find it hard to believe. And yet it's true. So I guess uh, I guess keep your head on a swivel. And at the trajectory things are going, this is hard. Like, we've barely scratched the surface. We're going to see even more incredible things than this. Uh... Let me see. Let me scroll down through these comments and see if any of you said anything worth worth reading out on the show. Uh, nope. I didn't actually read all of them, but I just wanted to make fun of you guys. Uh, so <clears throat> the last story for the day is this video that has been going around uh, for the last day or so. And this gets into uh, part of the the subject that we've been talking about for a while uh, with the the generational dynamics. The actually before I do that, there was another guy who uh, I saw uh, our good friend Buck here actually tagged me in a tweet of his, a tweet thread, where he was describing the exact same dynamic that we've been talking about with the uh, the generational analysis. He's at, at Martian Word Lord, and the O in Word is a Y. John Carter Esquire. Um, he, uh, I retweeted his thread, and I wrote a long response to it. So if you want to see those, you can go on, um, on Twitter and, and, and scroll down and find that. But he had one tweet where he basically kind of summarized the, the characterization of each of the four generations. I think it's really good. He said, boomers never grew up and don't intend to. Gen Xers had to grow up too soon, but were kept from doing anything with it. Millennials think they're grown-ups. They aren't. Zoomers were never allowed to grow up and had their childhood stolen, too. And then his, his longer thread that he wrote was identifying that there's a relationship between the Boomers and the Millennials, and there's a parallel relationship between Gen X and the Zoomers. And he's basically making the same um, analysis that we were. He actually... He had one other really good tweet. Let me see if I can find that. He characterized it really well. Uh, hold on a sec. I will find it. It's worth the wait. 
he also tweets a lot. He said, oh, come on. Okay, here. He said, he quote tweeted what I'd said and said, this is on point, the caveat being that boomers would vastly prefer to hand over power to the millennials. Because I, I tweeted about how essentially we're going to see the boomer die off and that the, we're watching, to, we're starting to see the spirit of Gen X um, uh, stepping in to, to finally, they've been waiting in the wings for a long time and they're actually starting to ascend to power now. And we're seeing this in guys like Tucker and Elon and Blake Masters and Sam Hyde and uh, who else, I, uh, Vivek. All of these guys are starting to, to, even if they may not be Gen X by birth date, they're part of that, they embody that Gen X spirit. So he said uh, the boomers, instead of the boomers stepping aside and allowing the, the like Gen X to fill their, their shoes, they want the millennials because the boomers and the millennials are simpatico. Um, he said, as always, Gen Xers will have to fight for their place. Luckily, the boomers are senile, the millennials are fragile, and with the Zoomers, Gen X finally has an army. I thought that was a, a, a banger. So back to this video, relatedly. Here is a Zoomer expressing the Zoomer plight pretty well. Cooper has not, he's seen people talking about this video, but he has not seen the video yet. So we're going to get his, his live reaction to it. So for those of you who are listening on audio, this is a, a young lady, looks like she's probably early, maybe mid-20s, uh, self-identifies as a, as a Zoomer. Uh, and uh, she's wearing, she's sitting in her car filming a TikTok <coughs> With a, a a Walmart employee vest on. Wax uh, poetic for a second. My wife is sick. I'll be right back. Okay. I guess then we won't get Cooper's response to the video. <laughs> well, I want to make I, sure like I, I can talk yeah. about it at length without being interrupted. So I'm going to go put out right, this fire yeah. right now. Yeah, you got to take care of your wife. I'll uh, we'll 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 uh, stall here for a little bit until he gets back, uh, so that we can actually get his his response to it. So I'll catch up on some of these comments that you guys have posted here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Josh Ham says, who talks about Waco or OKC or Ruby Ridge and how much deliberate misinfo surrounds those topics? Normies swallow the government line. Yeah, the further, the, the further that we've gotten removed from those events, the more fashionable and acceptable it's become to talk about them. And this is part of the way the news cycle has functioned with the news cycle that we live in and the, and the way the, 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 the mechanism of that news cycle, the, the interesting thing I think, uh, to consider here is that, 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 uh, mechanism, something about that mechanism and the reality of the, like we had, we had the 24 hour news cycle that began when you had the 24 hour news channels, but we've had a similar thing from going from, the non 24 hour news cycle to the 24 hour news cycle, we've had another shift with the reality of Twitter, the ability to update things in real time, to do live streaming, to, to stream reactions. We've had the influencer culture built out where people uh, accumulate followings who like to listen to them talk and they immediately react to everything. And so now the news cycles are, are like, you get the full life cycle of a story a lot quicker than you used to, which includes things that were previously uh, thought to be bizarro, wacky conspiracy theories becoming acceptable in, in the mainstream very, fairly quickly. The whole Epstein thing is an example of this. It started out a couple of years ago being only something that the most like whacked out 
uh, uh, completely unacceptable in the mainstream sort of people would even lend any credence to. And now it's just kind of an accepted thing that everybody was like, oh yeah, yeah, you know. It was all it was all true. The idea that 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 uh, RussiaGate was a um, was actually there was any sort of legitimacy to it. It took a long time for people to actually accept that. But now it's like yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was it was true. It was it was the whole thing was fabricated and it was just a, a politically motivated witch, witch hunt. You know, whatever. These these stories are are getting to the point where people are actually uh, they go from. Uh, only the niche circles of the world will actually even talk about these things and take them seriously to just generally accepted by the mainstream in a shorter and shorter time span. And I think that's going to continue. I think that trajectory is going to continue. This is part of the uh, apocalypse. This is part of the of revelation. These things are being revealed. That's what apocalypse is. An apocalypse is a revealing. Everything is being revealed. We'll get into a little bit more of that here after we. Now we've got Cooper back. We'll uh, um, we'll get going with this video. I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here. Okay, I work five days out of the week, forty hours a week. Okay, I do not make enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat. All by myself. I would not be capable of doing that. 20 years ago when you were getting started, you could live on your own. 20 years ago when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me add another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises, to get more money, to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't want to do that for the rest of my life. I don't want to work my tail end off, wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills. And that is what you created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. You let it all run to hell and now it's gen z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes what are your thoughts cooper hmm <clears throat> she seems mad mm -hmm. she tells us she's overreacting well you know she's getting too emotional about it she'd be better off I... just calming down and thinking rationally <laughs> you know that's the thing it's like I agree with everything and I relate to everything she just said, but just like I have this thing where when women start doing like this, <laughs> they start doing that like, I don't know, Muay Thai shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but kind of want to just click my brain off and not listen. I think that she does. Um... I mean, she basically is is uh, is saying almost word for word a lot of things that I've heard you say in conversations yeah. that we've had. Yeah, this is this is the she's she is expressing like there, there's probably not a single Zoomer alive, and most millennials, honestly, who would not resonate with what she's saying. 
And because we have been tormented for generations under this naive boomer idealism that says, says, oh, no, you're just a spoiled child. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and and get out there and 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 make something of yourself. Like there's truth to that. Yes. However, she also has an incredibly legitimate gripe. Yeah, dude, just like, I don't know. You know, spend your summers working at the golf course to pay for your college and then land yourself a gig. And uh, within a year, if, you, if you're smart and you save your money, you'll be able to make a down payment on a house. Duh. Right. Just do that. Just, yeah. Yeah. It's that easy. It's this that is the easy. message. This is the, this is the, uh, uh, the story that has, has been told to, Basically, anybody who was born after, like, 1980. And for all of those people, that they have not lived in a world like that. That doesn't mean that there haven't been people who were successful. Obviously, there's been lots of people who are very successful. But they're very successful going against the tide. Working against the established way of doing things. Because the established way of doing things isn't realistic anymore. The boomers grew up in and created a world that could not last. And they've been existing for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years now, just extracting, burning all of the seed corn for future generations, extracting every last little bit of wealth that they can out of the society for themselves to take care of themselves in their old age. And they've left... Basically, anybody born after like 1980, 1985, to have to live in a world where on one hand you're told this is the formula for success, and as they try to follow that formula for success, they get constantly kicked in the teeth and, and shoved down and pissed on. Yeah. Okay, I, I follow your formula, and now you're telling me I'm lazy. All right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to work a nine to five job at freaking Walmart for the rest of my life. I don't want to play this game anymore. Mm-hmm. This game sucks. Now, on the flip side, what I would tell her is, if you approach this as everybody else fucked up and I need everybody else to make it right for me, then you're going to be miserable for for the rest of your life. Yes, everybody else screwed you over. This is true. But that doesn't mean that it's it's helpful or useful to live as if everybody else screwed you over. You have to adopt the mindset of you are the one responsible for where you are because then you are the only one who is capable of getting you out of that spot. That's an actual empowering message. And it just so happens that if you don't want to work at Walmart for the rest of your life, you don't have to. There are very easy ways that you can begin making money not working at Walmart. It's easier now than it ever has been. But you have to be willing to let go of that vision. What she's grappling with is she wants to live in that world. She wants to live in the world that was promised to her. And she's beginning to realize that that world doesn't exist anymore. And she resents that fact. She needs to take the next step and realize that world doesn't exist anymore, and nobody's coming to save her. Now, because she's a her, she's actually even more justified in wanting someone to come and save her. She, does, she, as a woman, 
she ought to have a man who will come and marry her and say, you're not working anymore. This is the proper way of doing things. But even that's not a reality for a lot of the same reasons. I think that it's very legitimate for her generation to confront the fact that I maybe she went to college, I don't know. She very well could have gone to college and gotten a degree and the degree is worthless. She's in debt. She's wasted, I don't know, four or five years of, of career, of formative career years where she could have been getting raises, promotions, work experience, specialized skills, et cetera, et cetera. She got a worthless degree because everybody told her this is the path to success. And she got that degree and she got out and she couldn't get a job following the prescriptions that have been laid down before her, that have been given to her. So she's doing the next best thing. She's getting a job and she's working there and she's working a full-time job. That's freaking miserable. The job sucks. The pay sucks. And yet she can't even afford to live on her own. Mm-hmm. She has to get a roommate. She has to live with family. Once again, that's the reality from her perspective. What I would tell her is yes, you have identified reality correctly and it's not fair deal with it. That's the only thing you can do because nobody's going to come save you. Daddy's not coming through the door to put everything right and to right all the wrongs and to cure all the injustices and to rewrite the legal code to benefit you. That's not going to happen. You have to make the most of the situation that you're in. The problem is most people aren't giving her that message. The message that she's getting is, ah, oh, you dumb broad. You're so stupid. You're lazy. You're just, you know, uh, you're, 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 you're complaining. Just suck it up and deal with it. And like, she deserves compassion. The Zoomer generation deserves compassion for the shithole that they've been handed. Like at least just recognize, yeah, you guys were handed a shithole. You got a raw deal. You were lied to. So were the millennials. So was Gen X. And you know what? So were the boomers. The boomers have a whole different set of issues. They may not be hurting for material prosperity, but they're some of the most spiritually inept, juvenile people speaking collectively as a generation that exist today. Each, each generation, it winds up with its own, you know, uh, uh, pluses and minuses. But we were talking in the, uh, the King. Well, before I get into that, what, what did you, uh, what you, do you have any other thoughts about, on it uh, apart from, you know, I made you listen to a woman talking for a while and it ground your gears. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you do that to me? Uh, <laughs> I don't like listening to women. What do you mean? <laughs> um, Hmm. No, I mean, I, you know, I feel her pain. I get it. 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, like growing up in rural Midwest, if you were making 50 to $60,000 a year, you were good. I make more than that, quite a bit more than that. 
and I disagree with Zach Putnam here in the chat. We're going to start fighting with the chat. Oh, yeah. Uh, He says, people spend way too much. Income isn't really the problem. I mean, okay, that could be true. I don't like that mindset. That's kind of a scarcity mindset, in my opinion. But setting that aside, I make... I make a good wage on paper 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, I do not live extravagantly. I live in a freaking duplex. You know, I work, my wife stays home, raising my children. Um, I, on the end of every week, by the time groceries and bills are paid, there's nothing. And you guys, I can vouch that you guys aren't like just like blowing cash on, on, you know, what it was it Jason Stapleton used to say, uh, like you who's and licorice whips or something. You guys aren't, no, it's not that you guys are, 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 are maxing out at the end of every week because you're just financially imprudent. It's that everything genuinely costs that much. It genuinely costs that much. Yeah. Before I could even get to the point, before I could even get to the point where I could start being imprudent, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And that's just bills, groceries. I don't go on vacations. I don't have a nice car. I don't have a nice place. I'm renting for less than $1,000, you know, at a duplex, mm-hmm. like I said. I don't have a bunch of gadgets. I have, like, my internet, my utilities, my rent, my groceries. That's it. And for a family of five barely make it mm-hmm. and you live in a, in a in a relatively low cost of living place yeah 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 you've got it better than a lot of people mm-hmm. which really speaks to how desperate the situation is for some people yeah i like i i look back at some of the previous jobs i've worked over the past 10 years or so and I'm I am kind of amazed where like the last job I worked and this the stuff has happened really fast. We're talking about less than ten years ago. Seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I was working a job where I was literally making half what I'm making now. And about in the same position that I'm in now. So I'm making twice as much. It's been less than a decade. I'm making twice as much, and I have not gotten ahead at all. And none of my expenses have changed as far as what I'm spending money on. Just the price tag on all of them has skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. And this is... An apology would be nice, you know? Right, right, yeah. This is why... what What I see coming down the line, like right now... If we had a, we actually have him already. If we had a candidate who spoke to people like this chick, like Cooper, people who are living in this world and acknowledged the reality of the situation that they're in and the injustice, the, the, the fact that they, the future generations were not planting trees to give shade to the, their, their uh, descendants. They were cutting all the trees down 
and burning them for firewood. I feel like a Marxist. Yeah, like you could see how this resentment builds up and it's going to bubble over. You can already see it happening now. People are getting fed up with DEI stuff. People are getting fed up with, with uh, you're starting to see the comedians, the guys who are out on the fringes. They're starting to play a lot more with uh, pushing back against speech restrictions. Now we're watching Jews climbing up out of tunnels in New York right after there's a, a, uh, um, a big release on the sorts of things that you can actually begin talking about in public related to them. We're moving into the vengeful son era where people, as, as the economic situation becomes more and more dire for some, for a lot of people, that resentment is going to build and build and build. And somebody's going to come along, recognize that resentment and capitalize on it. Yeah. You know, Someone I was, is. it's going to happen. The question is who and to what end. And it's hard. Like it's hard not to be resentful. I, I used to share, or I used to have the attitude that like, and this is cause I was raised by boomers, but you know, um, live within your means and don't uh, don't take out debt. If you get a credit card, make sure you have the money first so that you can just build your credit, but you can make the payment, no problem. Uh, always pay your bills on time, um, yada, 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 yada. And, you know, I did that. And I did it really honestly. We're, you know, uh, 26 now. Like I, don't, I didn't have any, don't have any debt. Paid all my bills on time, but you know, didn't take out any credit. Doesn't matter because, I, in fact, because I didn't take out credit, I, I actually get punished for that now mm-hmm. because I don't have a credit history. So the fact that I was honest and played the game honestly, uh, that punishes me to where I'm kind of now at the point where it's like, I'm never going to own anything anyway. Why not just take mm-hmm. out a massive amount of debt, get the fucking house I want. And they just hope that maybe I can be productive enough to like keep up with the payments so that I don't have to like do this in a basement in a duplex. Why not? It's all fake anyway. All the money, it's all fake. Just take out a bunch of debt. Why not? The whole system is just incentivized really high time preference behavior. And it's like, I know that's a trap, but I don't know if you can play that and you can, and you can make it work, do it. Who cares? Screw all of this. Burn it down. It sucks. Am I making everybody sad? No, I, I, I maybe 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 them. I don't know about me. I think it's I think it's it's I think it's useful to give your perspective a voice. I think it's good for people to actually hear this and recognize that this is to get the boomer wiring out of your head that this is not uh this isn't entitled bitching coming from you no i i'm not i already acknowledge i'm i'm not gonna own anything all the things i want i'm never gonna have at best i can like rent it 
you know, through mortgages, basically. I can, like, rent it for the rest of my life until I'm dead. And I won't retire. I'm going to work until I drop. And I'm going to have nothing to leave to my kids. That's the trajectory. That, like, that's the, that's the situation. So, I don't know. Yeah, why not take out just a bunch of debt and pay rent on a house, essentially? Mm-hmm. Let's hope I can keep up. Whatever. As usual... 2-Bit Podcast puts it very well. He says, the buy-in to buy-out has gotten impossibly steep for the main. It's... Real quick, just because they're backing up and I don't want to lose them as the chat disappears on me. 499 Super Chat from Bayer Alonzo. He says, God bless you boys. Greetings from Miami. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate the Super Chat. And then there was another one here. Uh, I hope it didn't... Dis- okay, yeah. Random username says, another you know, $2, he says, Walmart is legit and paying for college. Life hack. Yeah. I guess that is if you want to actually pay for college, where I would say uh, both of those things would suck. <laughs> um, Don't waste your time. And I think that was, yeah, right. Uh, one of the best That's... things I ever did, the best thing I ever did was drop out of college halfway through my first semester. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's... Lost all of my scholarships, lost everything. I don't even care. I so saved you, myself a whole lot of headache. There, there's, there's been an evolution to this story. So like, first you have the people who, like most of the millennials, who went to college and they got screwed over by going to college because it turned out that for the vast majority of them, it was the worst value proposition of all time. But it was, it was impossible to not do it. I remember when I was graduating high school and I took a year between high school and college. I didn't go straight to college. And I had people that are like, why are you wasting time? Like, why are you not getting right into college? Why would you not just go there right away? Why are you going to take a year and go travel Europe? You know, I was like, because I'm going to take a year and go travel Europe. Like, what are you talking about? But the pressure to go to college was immense. And if you didn't go to college, you were, you were, I mean, I was fortunate that most of the circles that I was in were a little more, um, I, Mostly it was because college was viewed as like a place where people go party and do drugs and, and have illicit sex and stuff. So it kind of was starting to get a bad rap in a lot of the circles I was in. So I didn't experience the same pressure as a lot of my peers. But a lot of my – I had peers who were, who were like basically disowned by family because they didn't want to go to college. The, the, the social pressure to go to college for millennials was immense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then th- those, those of us who did – the vast majority of us got completely screwed over by it. I learned virtually nothing in college and I wasn't a bad student. I was already very smart. I learned basically nothing. I've learned vastly more outside of college than I ever did in it. It was basically well, I guess just I'm... the most expensive like social venture I ever went on. I guess I'm smarter than you because I realized halfway through a semester, like this isn't doing anything for me. Uh-huh. I'm wasting so you... my time. So you're like the part of the next generation that did it right, so to speak, by not wasting a bunch of time and money on college. You pulled the ripcord early and went and got yourself a, 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 a became a, like a professional tradesman, essentially. Yeah, got a CDL. Yeah. Drive a truck. Right. This is, so this is supposed to be like the, the, you know, the new and improved version. Go get into the trades. But even someone like you, I am making is getting really good money uh-huh. in the trades. Uh-huh. Doing blue collar work. Doesn't matter. Yeah, Jay Regs. Jay Regs. He says debt max. Runaway inflation makes it a smart move. Yeah, exactly. 
Right. Why wouldn't I? Mm -hmm. I haven't, but I'm really considering it. Use other because I'm tired of just being stuck here. Money. Yeah. Why not? Yep. Because if I don't, if I don't do that, do that really intelligently, if I don't, if I don't do that, like setting aside, like okay, business ventures you and I have planned, and like some ideas that we've got going on, and some hopes and dreams and aspirations. Just setting all that aside for a second, right now, given where I'm at right now, like there's no track forward. There's nothing. There's there's no nothing I can aspire to. I can't. I'm making really good money in an industry. I've basically got the best kind of job you can get in this industry. Mm -hmm. Without getting your own truck, which is a nightmare and a half and a huge <laughs> headache. And yeah, maybe you can make half a million a year, but you spend <clears throat> 450,000 in overhead. Screw right. that. Right. And you have to deal with all of that yourself. No, I'm not doing that. $300,000 fuel bill. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing that. Um, so, I'm 26 years old. There's no, there's no upward trajectory for me aside from starting my own business, which, Hey, we've done businessmen, mm -hmm. but setting again, setting that aside, there's no, nowhere to go. It's just the eternal return. This mm -hmm. get up, go to work, come home, work, go to bed, get up, go to work over and over and over and over. And at the end of the week, all that time and energy is just pissed away just to live. And it's going to get worse because costs are going to keep going up. My wage is not going to keep going up because I've basically maxed out in my industry. So why not just debt max? That is the smart move. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As long as you do it intelligently and there's very intelligent ways to do it. Then... There is. And <clears throat> so what if it goes to collection? I don't own anything. I don't have any right. assets. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bankruptcy. All right. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Screw my credit. It doesn't matter because, you know, I did the honest thing and my credit is useless anyway. You know, mm -hmm. so you don't fuck my credit score. <clears throat> I don't, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. So if you guys want to understand why Zoomers feel this way, no, this is why nothing matters. I'll never have anything that I want. Like, and I don't even want that much. Like, like I've said, a farmhouse on like an acre with a bee farm. That's all I want in life. I'm happy with that. That will never happen. If things continue this as they are. Byzantium 3000 said, is this going to be put out on the podcast RSS feed? Yes, it will. If you are uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier, but if you listen on Apple, the Apple podcatcher, uh, apparently, I just got, got info today that it's it's been updating, but you can't listen, download the clips or whatever, for whatever reason, the, the episodes aren't actually playing. So I'm going to be pulling it from Apple Podcasts and uh, and, and trying to set the, the thing up again. So I guess uh, Spotify or, or wherever else would be the be best place to go. Um, so I think I think one of the really useful things to identify here with with listening to you go through this is... Number one, Cooper has it better than a lot of his peers. A lot yeah. of his peers are worse off than he is. Yeah. Part of the reason for this is to like to, this is both a cause and an effect of this economic reality is that people are getting uh, separated from their communities. 
they no longer have communities to fall back on. They don't have extended families to fall back on. They don't have yep. none of their friends yep. have any money. They don't yep. have neighbors because because we're all atomized from each other. So if you're projecting the next decade, imagine a bunch of people with mindsets like Cooper who are worse off than Cooper, who are even more nihilistic than Cooper, being people who are in their 30s and 40s. These aren't just kids. These aren't just like spoiled, entitled kids. These are full-fledged adults. And you have an entire society now of people who don't know how to organize themselves. The competency crisis is real. They have nothing to live for. They have nothing that they've attached themselves to. They have no prospects of upward mobility. Think about what that's going to what that's going to look like on a social scale. Now it sounds like it would be really really bad. But I want to make the case that it's actually going to be really really good for those of us who see it coming and position ourselves to take advantage of it. Because what we just described is that the average person in the prime of their life is going to be incompetent, inept, and completely uninfluential. And with broke. an inability to, to effectually organize. When we were talking in the, in the Kingpill Discord last night, we were talking about some of this stuff. Uh, it was one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had, again. And one you of the say things, that every time. I know, and it, it, every time, like it keeps outdoing it. I was, I was laying there in bed last night as we were talking, and I was just like, "This, this is just." My mind was exploding, and I needed to get out and like write some notes down to just try to capture some of these thoughts. But we were talking about the way the economy has sort of, on uh, the more not the necessarily the macro level, but more on the micro level. It almost kind of seems like things have stabilized a little the the fed is now talking about cutting interest rates again and it kind of seems so the, the biden admin redefined what it means to be in a recession to say that we're not in a recession which means we've been in a recession that's just not recognized as a recession and it's possible there are mechanisms whereby we could start to see an increase in economic activity we could start seeing stuff start picking up. A big part of this will depend upon hope and optimism. Because it doesn't matter what the actual economic circumstances are on the ground. If everybody is hopeful and optimistic, you're going to have a growing, increasingly productive economy. Because it's a psychological thing. When everybody gets depressed and pessimistic and black-pilled, then things are going to start going down. But if people start getting hopeful and optimistic and re-energized as the energy picks up, then things improve. So it's, it's quite literally as simple as figuring out how to project energy collectively and stimulate hope and optimism in other people. Like that's, that would be the secret to turning around the economy. Regard, like the math doesn't matter. Regardless of the, the, the facts on the ground, if everybody felt hopeful and optimistic, their actual financial situation wouldn't matter because they would be making the decisions necessary to overcome their situation, which would imp improve economic performance. So 
what we were visualizing is we were kind of game playing, game planning this, this idea. Cause you've sort of got two Americas right now. You have the America that is, um, uh, downtrodden, depressed, economically bottoming out, you know, like just, just, you know, dead ending. Then you have another America. If you like, if you go listen to like sales, Twitter or sales, YouTube, entrepreneur, YouTube, these people are doing, are going gangbusters. You've got like 18 year old kids that are starting businesses online and making hundreds of thousands of dollars like almost right away. Cause this is the flip side of the zoomer psychology. You have the zoomer psychology. That's like, I'm um, a lone voice crying out in the wilderness. Just, just, uh, uh, in agony feels like they're shouting into a pit. And then you have the other nihilist side, which is if nothing matters, let's get chaotic. Let's just start throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. If that thing doesn't work, try this thing. If that thing doesn't work, try this thing. Oh, look at that. Something, something worked. All right, let's make it happen. There's a, 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 a rising energy among primarily entrepreneurial types who recognize all of the opportunity and all of the potential of the existing world. They see the ability to make money that exists now in the internet. So much, so much uh, human activity has been exported from meat space into digital space that we're starting to see this thing that I'm, I'm predicting, which is that the next empire is, you have the British empire, the American empire, the next empire is like a digital empire. That's the empire that's going to rise out of the, the ashes of the American empire. And so as we were, as we were kind of game planning or, or, or game theorying this out, we were like, so say 2024 actually winds up being a year of like increased economic activity. Things start getting more lively. And it's, it's kind of like things have gotten so bleak that people just don't want to look at bleakness anymore. People are starting to seek out more kind of hopeful, optimistic sorts of things. People are starting to, like there's the stuff with the, the, the Jews in the tunnels, and you have the one side of people who are, are you know, imagining all the worst possible things. And then you have other people who are like, this is amazing. Like, this is the most entertaining time imaginable. This is just absolutely fantastic. It's like you go through the whole cycle of emotions and you finally get to the point where you're like, you can't do anything but just laugh. This is just, <laughs> this is fantastic. If we can bottle that energy up and, and begin building and can, like, continue building it, you could see a world where over the next couple of years, there's, a, there's, a, there's an increase in energy. And in places like the Midwest, where uh, you've got all these old industry towns, these like company towns and, and, and towns that were built around oil, not oil necessarily, but like, uh, um, uh, like auto manufacturers and that they've kind of sort of turned into ghost towns that are all downtrodden and decrepit and everything. As remote work has become more and more popular and more and more people are able to remote work, they're starting to venture out into those areas. They're getting out of the cities. The cities are getting worse and worse. So people are moving. Real estate is super cheap all throughout the Midwest. 
So pretty soon, I think we're going to start seeing cities, little towns that are being refurbished, that are being built back up again by remote workers, people who are there intentionally. They moved there because they want to live there and they make good money at home and they just want to live in a nice place that's safe, that's free from crime. And so especially if people start hearing this and start doing this intentionally, you're going to start seeing a, a, a rise in the standard of living in these the Midwest areas. If you couple this with the idea of being able to make, uh, with, with AI, enabling you to make all kinds of different art, movies, TV shows, you could have like the most niche possible TV show ever. And there's a market for it and you can find a market for it. And you can work entirely from home out in some whatever town you choose you want to live in, in you know, Virginia or, or Kentucky or what have you. And so as, as we were as we were like kind of thinking about this, it's almost like we're we could be on the cusp of another roaring twenties. So we had the roaring twenties in the nineteen twenties, and now we're in the twenty twenties. And what if we had another roaring 20s? As you have all of this economic activity, as people are beginning getting more and more adapted to the internet, to digital space, to social media, to the tools that we have that we can use to generate money and become more geographically independent, we can intentionally begin to collectivize in little areas of the country. What it would mean is, number one, going forward, the 30s, Perhaps the 30s is going to be another depression, you know, another era of, of depression. However, it would be an inversion of the 30s, the 1930s depression, where you had a dust bowl. Now, instead of having the dust bowl because all of the farmers left and went into the cities, you get the opposite. You get like the, I don't know, the, the concrete bowl or something like that, because all the people left the cities and went into the country. And the cities are just like desolate wastelands of poverty and filth and, and, and they're, you know, they're terrible, but looking backwards, what this would mean is that we've just come through a world war. If you're using the parallel, you have world war one started in, was it 1915, 1914, somewhere in there. So it would kind of parallel with like Trayvon Martin, uh, and George Zimmerman, and then Ferguson, and then the rise of Trump, Jordan Peterson. That would be kind of like, like you could say maybe Trayvon Martin is like the uh, um, uh, Archduke Ferdinand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we had we had our World War One equivalent of the 20, 21st century, and now we're going to enter into our Roaring Twenties. And the thought occurred to me, this is a thought I've kind of played around with before, that... I think that there's a legitimate possibility that as a human species, we have evolved in a sense where we're beginning to export warfare to the digital space. Prior to the existence of the internet, a society that was as fractured and chaotic and disrupted as ours is now would have already had heads rolling. The fact that people haven't had heads, heads rolling over the last decade, I think is because their heads have been rolled digitally. The, the, the digital world has become like a pressure release valve where 
and, and, and honestly, if this was possible, if it was possible to export all political violence into the digital world, use that as a pressure release valve and not actually have wars fought in meat space, this would be a, a, a positive development for humanity. And I don't think it's completely out of the question. We, it, it doesn't even seem plausible that we're ever going to have another like millions of people on a battlefield outright hot war. There's no will for it. There's, it's not, it's technologically not even necessary. It would be silly. Now we have digital armies and the digital armies do battle. I think this is a foretaste of just how fundamentally this digital empire is going to transform the way that we live and act. You can look at the effect of the digital world and, and all the fact that like you're looking at screens all the time and, um, the, the toxic effects of the atomization of people and all that, like that's the black pilled side. The white pilled side is that organized mass violence is becoming a lot more few and far between. And that trajectory could continue. Anyways, we're getting up to uh, close to two hours here, so we should probably uh, start wrapping. I can see, uh, I can see Cooper is starting to squirm. Oh, that's um, okay. The uh, the chat's pretty chatty today. They are. I've noticed the thing is jumping here. I need to get get caught up on what people are talking about. Um. <laughs> Parker says, what is debt max? And is it better than Dave Ramsey? 100% serious. <laughs> like, don't take financial advice from me, dude. Don't debt max. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, debt maxing is just take out as much debt as possible and try to buy some assets that return quickly. Uh -huh. And hopefully to get, and try to get ahead of the, you know, the, uh, the collectors. Right, right. It's a, it's a, uh, one of the one of the best pieces of high risk, advice. high reward kind yeah. of strategy. It's, I mean, though, I will say, and maybe someone else said this somewhere in the chat, but I mean, oh yeah, there was someone who did say it. What did they say? Um, yeah, Jay Reeks. When the economy is shit and there's chaos, your opportunity is your opportunity is at its highest and your risk is at its lowest. And yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. And if, so, you, can, well, if, have if fun. you can use other people's money to make money for you. So, so I'm reading Rich Dad Poor Dad right now. So all this stuff is just around up there. And uh, I finally got around to it after enough people uh, uh, twisted my arm into it. But I, if you haven't read it, I strongly recommend it. You, you definitely should read it. The way that he, um, it genuinely will reframe the way that you look at these sorts of things. The way that you look at the uh the um uh what money is how money works the the relationship you should have to it and uh robert kiyosaki and uh and and dave ramsey have very different perspectives on the world uh, to each their own i happen to resonate much more with uh, robert kiyosaki than i do with dave ramsey i think dave ramsey is Dave Ramsey is really good content for midwits. It, well, for like if simple people who just need like, they're going to work a simple life. They're the person who wants to have a pension and retire and 
live just their nine to five and then go golfing on the weekends. And like, if that's the sort of lifestyle that you want to have, Dave Ramsey's probably good for you, especially if you're already badly in debt and you need yeah, to Yeah, if you're out. in debt and you need to get out of debt and you want to retire, Dave Ramsey's not a bad route. Yeah. If you are actually, if you're trying to build wealth, then do not listen to Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey will not help you build wealth. Not to mention, um, given the current economic circumstances, whatever wealth you're accumulating now to stash away for retirement is going to be worth a lot less when you get to that point. Mm-hmm. So you need to build, in other words, like just kind of saving, trying to save up and set aside money aside for retirement not going to really do it. You need to generate a freaking lot of wealth because it's going to be yes. worth probably half as much, you know, by the time you do mm-hmm. retire. Yes. What Jay Reig said, he said, Dave Ramsey's super anti-debt. Debt is a tool to be used to make money. Right. Right. Being anti-debt is, I, I'm not, I'm not attributing malice to Dave Ramsey. He's been very successful. He's helped a lot of people. He's got his niche. He's great. He's, he's great for what he is, but Trying like like teaching people that debt is evil and is to be avoided at all costs in a world where financial success basically depends upon clever use of debt is borderline abuse. You, ha- you, you there are ways that you can be successful, especially if your goal is to be is 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 not just to like make just enough to be fine, but actually to be wealthy and to be able to generate and produce a ton of value. You can do that without debt, but you're, you're making it unnecessarily difficult on yourself. It doesn't have to be that risky. Debt is always risky, of course, but it doesn't have to be. There's so many stories of people who have filed for bankruptcy, gone fully bankrupt, started all over again, and used debt to leverage themselves right back into a position better than they were before. The the anti-debt perspective is super scarcity mindset. And this gets back to what we were talking about yesterday. You can be broke or you can be poor. Broke is temporary. Poor is a mindset. Poor is the scarcity mindset. There's lots of people who have a lot of money or who make a lot of money who are poor because they see the world as full of scarce resources, as opposed to a place full of opportunity. Man, the chat is popping. I guess if, uh, what's, what's Jay Riggs saying here? If I'm building a house or any kind of structure and use no debt and pay out of pocket, I'm actually taking far more risk than if I leverage debt to do it. Yeah, that's right. And that's where, when you're actually getting into hard assets like this, then... Um, that's where you're beginning to talk about true, legitimate wealth. And I think that, I think it's high time. Part of this like naive boomer idealist worldview is the squeamishness about talking about money outside of narrow purviews, where it's like, it's not cool to talk about how much money you made or like what your salary is or um, how much you spent on this thing or that thing. And it goes hand in hand with people who are like, oh, sales is a scummy industry. And like, I would never want to be a salesman. And 
and uh, you know, they just roll their eyes when, when people talk about sales or techniques, sales techniques, and all this sort of stuff. Sales is like one of the most fundamental skills you can possibly have. Disliking sales as a concept or refusing to learn how to sell because you've encountered scummy salesmen is like the biggest self-own in the world. You're just stepping on a rake. Very, very few successful people don't know how to sell. It's one of the easiest things. You don't have to go to school, especially now. There's books, YouTube videos, audiobooks, podcasts. There's abundant material that will teach you how to sell. And the great thing about learning how to sell is that you're learning how people think and you're learning how to communicate. Selling is just like an envelope for communication and thinking and understanding the way people are wired. Once you understand the way people are wired and you can communicate effectively to them to make them happy with the situation and to make yourself happy with the situation, engineering win-win outcomes, the sky's the limit. We need more people who are willing to learn how to sell, willing to put themselves out there, if anything, just to sell our worldviews, to be able to communicate them effectively to people. And we've got to get rid of this, this notion that wealth is a bad word. I was on Jason Stapleton's show. We called it Wealth, Power, and Influence. And those things made people squeamish. That was part of the reason why we called it that. Because wealth, power, and influence are things that exist. In any human society, you're going to have people who are wealthy, people who are powerful, and people who are influential. Those three things all go together. The question is, are the wealthy, powerful, influential people going to represent and embody and further our values? Or are they going to represent and embody and further the values of the people who want to burn down the world we want to live in? There's a conversation we're going to have here in the future. Um, I think Tubit is uh, going to be talking about this. I think he said he's going to be talking about this on his show this week, and I want to give him an opportunity to get his ideas out before I start running with them. Um, talking about civilization versus tribe and the relationship between them. But I think as a little tease, a, a useful way to think about this as we wrap up here is we don't live in a civilization right now. A lot of people are, all, are, are worked up about third worlders being imported into our first world country. And I think that's bad. I think, to be very clear, I think this mandatory illegal immigration thing is bad. I also think that there's nothing we're going to do to stop it. It's far easier and costs far less to figure out what we're going to do to govern these people who are never leaving than it is to try to figure out a way to get them out of here. Just it, it has to be accepted. There's at this point, there's nothing we could do to actually undo that. But the reality is we're not like more civilized. We don't live in a more in a superior civilization to a lot of them per se. We have a bunch of delusional, rabid, tribalist Neanderthals just ripping the thing apart at the seams. We live in a jungle. We live in a tribal jungle right now. That's what the, the country has been reduced to. This is the way you have to think about it. 
We live in a tribal jungle, and our responsibility is to carve a civilization out of that jungle. We're not trying to rescue the civilization. We're not trying to save it or preserve it. It doesn't exist. We don't live in a civilization anymore. There is no trust. There is no like uh, baseline expectation of agreed upon rules that we're all gonna play by. This is why you have people like this chick who are like, what the fuck? I was promised all of these things. I was told that this is how it works. And here I am, I can't even support myself and have, a, have my own place to live. Even though I'm working full time. She's been lied to. She suffers from a loss of leadership. There is no, there's been no leadership for her. Whether on the personal level or on the societal level. Because of that lack of leadership, because of the complete disillusion of trust in the society, we don't live in a civilization anymore. We've reverted back to a tribe. It's a tribe with technology, but it's still a tribe, a, a, a tribal situation, like a, like a you know, Amazon jungle with tribes scattered all over the place that are all warring over resources. Our responsibility is not to preserve an existing civilization. It's to carve a new civilization and build it out of the jungle. And in order to do that, we both have to believe that it's possible and have the hope and optimism necessary to do that. And we have to get real comfortable talking about how to cooperate together, build communities, and create value and make money. These are virtues that we need to pursue together because that's what's going to build the civilization that arises out of this jungle. Joshua Ham says, the West has fallen, Christendom has diminished, we are the minority, we must act like it. Begin building a local community. The organized minority beats the organized, unorganized majority, strength and unity. Yes. That's it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you showing up. Um, I saw a couple of people in here who were talking about the Discord. And if you'd like to join the Discord, <clears throat> for the time being, go to subscribestar.com slash kingpilled, and uh, you can sign up there. You'll get automatically added in. And uh, uh, we've got some, some more fun stuff coming here soon. Listen to our episode, uh, the last episode we did yesterday where we talked about the one of the uh, little uh, cooperative joint efforts we were able to sort of to, to trial run. And we, it, it worked pretty well. We were very happy with the results. So we'd love to have you guys in there. I'll probably hop in the voice chat again for a little bit tonight. If any of you want to chat. Uh, we'll just pick up where we left off here on the show or we can talk about whatever, el whatever else you want. Again, subscribestar.com slash kingpilled for a limited time. You can get in there that way. And you can follow Twitter, follow Twitter, follow Cooper on Twitter at Cooper Brooks. You can follow me at Real Kingpilled on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, and like the page Kingpilled on Facebook. That way you can keep up with whatever we're doing. Thank you guys. Right now it says we've got uh, 34 watching and 25 likes. You guys have done well. Well done today. We got one new member. Appreciate all of you. Like the video. Share it if you think it was worth it. And we will see you guys next time.